You're listening to Zap Night, a video game review podcast, with your host Danny and Kaylee. Hey guys, and welcome to Zap Night. I'm your host Danny, and Kaylee is actually out this episode mainly because she didn't like playing uh, Super Metroid. So I have Brandon on the podcast with me today. Hey everyone. So um, I really wanted to play Super Metroid, and it's just not Kaylee's kind of game. Yes, <laughs> I will agree with that. <laughs> so I was happy that you agreed to play, and I had a ton of fun with this game. Yeah, I mean, let's let's kind of get into it. It's developed by Nintendo. It's a sequel to Metroid on the Nintendo. It was on the platform for uh, Super Nintendo originally. Since then, it's been re-released and ported out for pretty much every Nintendo system, any every current Nintendo system, mainly because it's just that popular. Uh, it was originally released in Japan in 19, uh, March 1994 and then released everywhere else, uh, North America specifically, in, in April of 94. So, you know, pretty quick turnaround. It's a pretty simple game. There's not a whole lot of text that they had to translate, so I can understand why it was quick to uh, get it everywhere. Um, so there is a bit of a story to it. Basically... You are, um, you are Samus, and when you first start up the game, you kind of get like oh, an opening sequence, and it starts off where she's kind of briefing you on a mission um, from earlier, talking about um, being on. How do you pronounce this? I think Zebus. I think so, or Zebes, Zebus. And she originally fought Metroids to stop the space pirate Mother Brain from attacking civilization with the energy-absorbing Metroids. Samus encounters a baby Metroid, and this baby treats Samus like it's its mother. So it follows Samus around, and she takes it to a research facility where scientists can study it and kind of harness that life force that the Metroids have. After leaving the research facility, she gets a distress signal from the same lab and returns to find the Metroid has been stolen by Ridley, the research station then self-destructs. Now, Ridley is kind of, he's a monster, but I think he's like the mother brains. I think it's a pretty big space pirate, pretty high up on the Yeah, he's Yeah, he's like a, um, a commander of some sort for the space pirates. She then follows Ridley back to Zebus where the main game takes place and she fights her way through all of the space pirate bosses, including Ridley and encounters the baby Metroid again, except this time the baby Metroid is not so baby anymore. It's quite big and it attacks Samus draining her of just like one sliver of life before it realizes who it is and uh, runs away. Samus chases after this Metroid and encounters Mother Brain again. And being the leader of the Space Pirates, when you fight Mother Brain, she really does uh, darn near kill Samus when that Metroid comes back to rescue Samus by attacking Mother Brain, absorbing all of Mother Brain's energy, giving it to Samus, and Samus then is equipped with a hyper beam that she can attack mother brain with. And, um, she kills mother brain. Zebus is set to self-destruct 
and she has to then escape the planet before the planet explodes. After the planet expo- explodes, you get you know mission cleared, and you're uh, on to your next mission, whatever that may be. Yeah. <laughs> so that's kind of the the gist of the story. What did you think about the story, Brandon? I thought it was good. I gave it a seven out of ten, mostly just for the fact of it's all right there in the beginning, and then yeah. they just let you go, which is fine. You know, but I thought they did a lot of cool things, especially when you sit there like back in 94. I mean, I don't know how many people played Metroid 1 and then played Metroid 2 on the Game Boy and then played Super Metroid. Probably no one. So it's, you know, but it's cool when you sit there and think, you know, at the end of Metroid 2 on the Game Boy, she finds the baby Metroid. Right. And then it continues into this and then it comes back to help you in the end, you know, but right. how many people might make that connection? You know, they see the beginning, but then at the end, there's like this huge Metroid and like, does everyone make the connection that this was the baby one that she saved? Or is it just, you know, why did it do that? Right. And um, I, I liked that as well. I liked that they, they did have all of the story at the very beginning and it did leave the main gameplay kind of empty in the story department. But the fact that they were able to tie all that together made it a lot of fun. And you were able to see little bits and pieces like after you fight Ridley and you've got the little Metroid cage next to it like, hey, something's happening, you know. There's there's clues as to more of the story unfolding, but there's no dialogue or no, you know, actual story development from that you can really tell. Yeah, and I've from knowing of this game because the first time I played this game was this year. I didn't play it growing up and everything. So, like, I've seen so much of this game through the years and known stuff. So, playing it this year was a new experience from sure. not playing as a kid. But, you know, when you hear people talking about boss names and creature names, it's like, that's not even in the game. Like, you know, yeah. you know who, like, Ridley is, but, you know, I'd hear people talking about, like, Fantoon, and I'm like, who's Fantoon? I I'm was like, the same way. I'm like, yep. oh, it's the disappearing boss, or there's... Batwoon, Dragon, it's like, how did people find this out? <laughs> well, my guess would be that all that information is in the handbook that comes with the game. That might be too. But, you know, this, this game is so old that you don't really see that. Now, it might... I played it on the Super Nintendo Classic. I think you did too. Yeah. And I think the handbooks are in the system itself where you can actually read through it. So I would be curious to know how much of that information is in the book compared to just, you know, anymore it's just common Metroid knowledge. When you're looking Metroid information up, you come across all these names. Yeah. But yeah, when you're playing the game, you have no idea. You know, even if it were to give you some sort of health indication at the top when you're fighting these bosses with the name on there, just to give you some information of who this person or who this monster is that you're fighting. But, um... I still gave it a 9 out of 10 for the story. Kind of going back to the fact that they were able to really combine the previous two games into, you know, continuing the story. I thought was really cool. I do, like I said, I, I do wish that they put extra story in the main gameplay, but it didn't hinder from the game at all. Yeah. So let's talk about the graphics a little bit. Uh, I gave it a 9 out of 10. I, it's just, it's an amazing looking game. Um, I did originally set this up on the original Super Nintendo, uh, before I switched to the classic and I switched to the classic because the graphics just weren't there on my big screen TV. 
But when I hooked up the, the Super Nintendo Classic, it was clear and crisp and beautiful, just like it was meant to be when the Super Nintendo was brand new on the old CRT TVs. And if you hook up a Super Nintendo on a CRT TV, you would see that awesome graphics that it was meant to have. So I truly think that these, how I experienced the game was how it was intended to be, just updated. And, uh, yeah, I mean, all the, all the monsters were fairly unique. There was very little color swapping, which was very common in the Super Nintendo era. And, uh, the, the bosses were really cool, especially when they died. You had that, like, effect where the skin melted off or, (laughs) you know, just little things that helped it along. And, um, the layout of the world was just amazing. I gave it a 9 out of 10, too. I... You know, when you think Super Nintendo graphics, there's a couple games that come to mind, and usually this is one of them that's up there because it has its own unique look. It's It's got bright, colorful environments, and it just, you know, there's reasons why certain games from this era, or pretty much almost all games from this era, translate well to now, where you look at them now, and they still look good to this day, and you can yeah. play them. Where if we go back and were to play a PlayStation 1 or a Nintendo 64 game, it'd be a lot harder to go back and see some of these games. Like these translate so well, even to today. And I I did as you did. I played on the classic and it looked really, really sharp. You know, the only thing, you know, that can go against it and it doesn't even happen that much. And it happened with a lot of games was there'd be a lot of stuff on screen at some times and there'd be slowdown. I did notice that. But you know, it's not like it's game breaking or that it happened all the time. It just, the system gets overloaded. Yeah. Which is weird, because on the classic, you would think that that wouldn't happen as much, being just emulated, essentially. But, no, even on the original Super Nintendo, it there was some lag. When you get all those sprites moving around on screen, it just overloads the system. You yeah. know, you got a lot going on. And I think it's kind of like what they did with the Mega Man Legacy Collections, is they actually took those original things, to all their faults and everything, for the most part, and transfer them over so you get like the true almost right. original experience it just looks really fantastic yeah in HD. it really does it really does so we'll talk about gameplay i really didn't have a whole lot of complaints for gameplay i gave it a 9 out of 10 i don't know i think the only bad things that i had um oh some of the the movement mechanics were really really difficult wall jumping Wall jumping was hard, and um, the space jumping wasn't very clear as to how you were supposed to perform it. Wall jumping was difficult because of how they set it up. You were only you could only wall jump if the sprite was in a very specific location on the screen. So your feet have to be against the wall when you do that jump motion. So it's like it worked. It wasn't a broken mechanic. It just didn't work. It, it was tough to get get over the learning curve to it. Yeah, and you had to hit the jump button afterwards. Not like not at the same time. There had to be like a little bit of a little tiny separation. Be like, okay, sprite motion, foot, hit button, jump. Right. And you'd sit there and you'd have long sections where you're trying to go up. And I struggled with this last night as I was still playing it. Yeah. Going to get the spring ball and you had to wall jump back and forth all the way up. And there was enemies up at the top. I didn't get the spring ball. And I messed with that for like. <laughs> Well, it felt like 30, 45 minutes, but it was at the point it was like, I'm going to go up there and I'm going to do this. Yeah, I had that a few times where it was like, I am dead set on getting this thing, no matter how, what I got to do to do it. <laughs> if it's wall jumping all the way there, then that's what I'm going to do. Um, 
I really liked how uh, the it's kind of in graphics, but not really. The level design felt very open world. It made the game feel very open world, but it it was actually quite linear because of how they limit you to where you can go until you get certain items. So it's like you you have to have the missiles in order to open up certain rooms, or you have to have the um, I I don't know the technical names for a lot of these. You gotta yeah. have the like super bomb to open up the the green doors, and you gotta have the the morph ball bomb to be able to open up the yellow doors. So it's you know you're it's still fairly linear. You're only allowed to go into certain areas at specific times, but um, it had that open world feel. At any time, you could just walk back to the beginning and do something else. And I think the only not, I mean, I gave it a 10 out of 10, so mm-hmm. I'll just get that one out. The only thing that I really did find, like, a fault about it is sometimes direction wasn't clear of, like, where it would go. Like, I was sitting in there, and I needed to go to Meridia, and I needed to go fight Dragon, the shrimp boss, as we'll call it. Oh, yeah, 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 And I couldn't remember how to get there or where I was supposed to go. <laughs> and I even remember, like, I, I needed to look up a guide to figure it out. And even trying to find the guide and be like, was I in this room and did I already do this? <laughs> and it was just kind of confusing. Where I had I had the same problem in that same area. Because when you first, right after you beat the ship and you fight Fantoon and you, you get to go past the ship and go underneath... You get into that area, and there's no, like, clear direction on which way you can go. And you kind of get stuck in these, like, two big rooms. And there's no, like, clear direction on which way you gotta go to continue. Until you start backtracking and realize, oh, right, you gotta break open that glass to be able to get past that, like, little section, whatever. And get up and around. I, I fought that area, too, for the longest time trying to figure out how to get past that section of the map. And you don't even open up that map section until you make it up and around there. So you don't even have the, the extra hints from obtaining the map in the game, you know, to give you an idea of where you haven't been until later. Yeah, and, you know, we have it easy now because we can look up YouTube videos. I know, and, but back like, then... Yeah, you know, back then you just tried to figure it out yourself yep. and i was going through doing some of the things trying to find my way and i fell down one of the sand pits and down through a couple levels and it's not where i wanted to go and i had to backtrack all the way back up oh, there yeah. and i was a little frustrated i was like oh i have to go all the way back there and then i'd find doors be like this door's blocked on this side so i have to go back around this way and i had a couple of those where i would blow up one of those elevator doors yeah. and go through a door on the other side and then start making my way back and be like, Oh crap, I can't go back through that same door. Cause you can't, you can't activate it from the backside. So you got to go down clear around. Yeah. The only other time you can do it from the backside is once you get the wave beam that shoots through things. That, only, you know, like, only the, the blue ones. Yeah. You can't, you can't do that with, with the, the super, super missile. Missiles. Yeah. And it's just one, it, it's like, okay, I'm going the right way. And then you get there and you're like, oh, yep. I have to go back around. Yep. And that happened a lot. But even then, it's like, I can't really fault it because the controls, like, everything did feel tight, even though the wall jumping was hard. Like, you know, playing on the 3DS earlier in the year, I was like, okay, this is fine, but I want to play with an actual controller in my hand, and it felt so much better just with the Super Nintendo controller. Yeah. And, you know, this game helped spawn 
you know, its own genre, you know, Metroidvania, that's, which is what everyone still calls these games, you know, from Symphony of the Night and Super Metroid, they made their own genre of games of being able to just go unlock stuff, get new items and just open up this world. So, you know, revolutionary for what it did. And yeah, absolutely. One of the reasons why it's still one of the top games of all time. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And I definitely saw that. Um, I loved trying to find all of the little, uh, items everywhere once i got the x-ray vision it was like i was going from room to room to room just scanning just stuff scanning. like what did i miss well, you know what what's hidden around i did have some problems towards the end where there were there were hidden passageways that weren't marked even with the x-ray like there was one spot where um there was like a a dragon head thing in the dirt and there was these, like, guys that shot the blue fireballs. Yeah. Well, I was scanning that room because I knew that there was nothing else in that room. It was like, I had that feeling, like, I'm missing something. Yeah. So I'm, like, scanning everything, and I can't find it until I started killing some of those blue, some of those guys that shot the blue fireballs. And I was able to go past him through the wall and into an extra cavern down below. Yeah, and I actually think that's the way that you have to go kill Ridley. Down in the lower Norfairs, you have to I think take one of those guys out and start working your way down. It's yeah, it's so it's like actually that. like a main path too, and it's like it's and, it, and it's not marked. Yeah, yeah, there's no way that you would know that it's there unless you're actively hunting for it, and it made it a little bit difficult. But that difficulty didn't hinder the gameplay at all. Like I enjoyed having that extra difficulty to it. Yeah, I enjoyed having to hunt stuff down and not knowing where I was going a lot of the time and backtracking and you know maybe it goes back to some of the gameplay mechanics being so well done that traveling from point a to point b wasn't really a problem i think if the controls were worse then that would be horrible but it really wasn't that bad yeah it's one of those games that even doing those travels when you are backtracking or going places and you get lost it's at least still fun to be doing it the whole time right. like going you know if it was like really boring or something that you couldn't really handle, whether it be controls or gameplay wise, and you wouldn't want to do it, it'd be frustrating. But this, you know, is just fun still going around the rooms and just shooting everything. Right. Yeah. So. Um, the bosses were, I found most of them fairly challenging. I think Ridley was like the only one that I got first try and just killed him and it was no problem. But the other bosses, I had to fight two or three times before I got a handle of, you know, what their niche was, you know, what, yeah. what the, the puzzle was to beating them. And, you know, still, it was difficult, but it still was fun. They placed the save points in just the right spots. They had, you know, energy areas where you could fill oh, up. The recharge stations. Right, yeah, yeah. They had all that sitting around in very strategic spots that... When you do die on the bosses, you respawn, you're back, and you're ready to go, and you can go right to the boss again. So, you know, yeah, you had you might have to fight it three or four times, but it's not that challenging to get to, and once you start getting the hang of it, you know, it's pretty organic to fight them. Yeah. I will say that I had some of that stuff spoiled from watching speedruns, because sure. it's one of my favorite things to do, is, like, just watching people speedrun Metroid is just really fun. So, I already knew... Like, some of the tricks for the bosses and everything. Sure. Like, Mr. Shrimp Boss, Dragon, like, if you have the grapple beam and the turrets are exposed, they got electricity. When he grabs you, 
and just keeps carrying you, you hook onto it with the grapple beam, and the electricity goes through you, and you just hang on there, and it kills him. I didn't know that. Yeah. That would have saved me so much time on that guy. <laughs> he was the biggest pain in the butt, because, one, if he got a hold of you, it took forever, and it took so much life out of you that after he got you two or three times, you're hosed. I think I did a soft reset like two or three times fighting that guy yeah. just because it's like, well, he got me again. I'm not going to sit and wait for him to kill me. I'd rather just sit and get through the, the startup screen again. Yeah, because it actually hurts you too, but I think it goes through like one or two like life bars that you have or yeah. whatever, energy tanks, mm -hmm. and he just ends up dying. Like, it's really super quick. It's, like, the easiest way to kill him. Wow, I didn't know that. I saw that one there, too, that, like, electrical yeah, orb thing at the top. Yeah. yeah, And I, I had no idea what it was about. I just... And I think you can destroy the other turrets that are shooting, like, the green things at you in the water. You can destroy them, I think, with missiles or something. Uh, so there's, That, there's that would have been ones. handy, too. But it, it's fine. I still did it. It, it really got... For me, that one was just... Uh, when he started spitting the sticky stuff, yeah. he just shoot the heck out of it and then blow him up with missiles. And that was just yeah. all I could do. I think I got out of there with like 10 health. <laughs> yeah. It seemed like a lot of the one, the later battles, like with Ridley and Mother Brain, it's mostly like, okay, just fire everything. Shoot it, yeah. Because yeah, I used so many missiles on Ridley. Yeah, it was the same way. Mother Brain just unloaded like everything I had that first part and then just dodged and everything since then i when i fought mother brain it was kind of weird because the first time that i fought her i guess uh, the first time that i fought it it was like i basically killed it because it did the like aurora beam thing you know right before it kills samus well that beam actually killed me oh yeah <laughs> and it didn't make any sense it was like it shouldn't have but it did so then, after I died, I went back and did it again, and it that beam is not avoidable. I think there's still a health check on that, where if you are, like, under two, a certain... I think it still gets you. I think, but I'm not 100% The only sure. thing I could think of, because I can't... I, I could probably look back, because I streamed all this. I could probably look back and find out for sure. But my biggest guess is that they have those guys that are shooting the, like, pellets at you. Yeah. And I'm wondering if some of those pellets were still floating through the air when I got hit by that um, that beam. Yeah. And then when I hit the ground, I ran into another one of those bullets and it just happened to kill me. So that's, that's the only logical explanation that I had for it. But otherwise, I didn't know. But I did eventually kill Mother Brain. It, it didn't go too bad. The hardest part of that whole end sequence was platform jumping all the way up back to the, your yeah. ship. Um, I had a problem because I didn't really know where to go, but I think that was by design. And the screen was so shaky that yeah. it was really hard to actually... It was disorienting. It, could be, it really wasn't changing any mechanisms of jumping. You could still jump just fine. It was just disorienting when yeah. you're trying to jump onto a platform that's wiggling around. So... Do you know about saving or killing the animals on Super Metroid at the end there? I Yeah, I have heard about it. I didn't do it because I didn't care. But yeah, <laughs> I, I have heard that if you save them at the very end, the last sequence where the planet blows up, you can see them like fly yeah, away. Yeah, spaceship. Yeah. I decided to do that this time. I actually, before I got to the area, I did a, a save state. Because I'm like, mm -hmm. I don't know if I have enough time, but I want to try to do this. 
And the first time I got there, I saved them. And I'm getting back to the ship. And I was messing up. The steam was hitting me, stopping yeah. me. And I jumped through the air. And I'm about ready to land on the ship. And the time ran out. Oh, so I, I went back no. to the save state. And I was able to do it a little bit quicker. But I wanted to make sure I tried to save the animals <laughs> this time through. Um. Yeah, it's it's cool that they had that little you know bit in yeah. there just to be able to save those guys. And if if I wouldn't have heard from someone, I wouldn't have known that there's a little tiny ship just in the background yeah. flying off. <laughs> yeah, I think Game Theory did an episode on those um, guys that something about them being evil or something like <laughs> that. The, they are the ultimate evil. I don't I don't remember exactly what it was, but I remember that those guys there there was something evil about those guys that I couldn't I can't remember <laughs> the details. But I'm gonna have to look that up. It's it's interesting. <laughs> it's very interesting. So, um, you feel good about gameplay? You want to move on? Oh, yeah. All I, right. I thought it was really great. I did, too. <laughs> awesome game. Um, music, I gave it an 8 out of 10. I think the overall, it's amazing, amazing. But um, it was slightly repetitive, and there was some weird, like, sound effects in the song, like, in the background music itself that I thought was kind of weird. I think it was in the Mother Brain area, that last segment where there's like a farty noise going on in the background <laughs> and it was just kind of distracting. And there was a couple other places. Um, I think the lava area had this like really high pitch, like squealing noise in there that I didn't like, but otherwise I really liked the music. Um, iconic music, obviously at this point that music is classic for the super Nintendo. Yeah. I gave it a nine out of 10. I really liked it. I really like the sound effects, and I know, you know, Michaela might say otherwise, but I think when I was playing through it on the 3DS, she got really tired of hearing the item found sound. Oh, yeah. Because it kept happening all the time. Yeah, I, I think know. it made her a little upset from hearing it so much. You know, I have to say, that kind of bothered me a little bit, that it took so long. Like, every time you got an item, you had to wait that, like, five seconds or whatever it was, and it just was, like, it seemed to drag on. When you're in the middle, it's like, okay, I'm getting this, and then I'm getting that. And it's like, da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da, you gotta wait for the music, and then da-da-da-da-da-da-da, you gotta wait for the music, yeah. and I'm like, come on! At least it's better than some of the newer Zeldas where you find something in the middle of battle, and it stops and tells you, oh, oh yeah. look, you found this, like, five rupees, <laughs> yeah. you know? <laughs> but, yeah, it just, it breaks everything up, because... Yeah, it stops when you get it, it stops while it plays the music, and it takes a little bit for you to get back into the right. flow of things. Yep, yep. But otherwise, I I am with you with the sound effects. All the monsters had a cool sound. They were they were all very unique. Not just for the game, but like for the Super Nintendo as a whole, all of those sounds are unique. You know, when you're playing some of the games some of the RPGs I've noticed they tend to reuse a few of the sound effects. You know, some of the buzzing noises or some of the, like, spacey noises tend to be very similar to each other. Where all of these sounds were all new. They were all, they're all unique to this game. And I appreciated that. They did a good job. So, overall experience, I gave it a 10 out of 10. It was an amazing game. I loved it all the way through. It was very short. I think I ended up at like I think it was just under eight hours, like seven fifty-two or something like that. What it, do you know? How um, many hours you played? I want to say it's between. I want to say it's going to probably be between the seven and eight. I don't remember the exact time. Yeah, sure. That screen flew by like real quick. Yeah, at the I end know. Of, 
because I was more worried about wanting to get a picture of my percentage for the items that I got. Yeah. And then it's like, the time just went flying by. I'm like, I didn't see how much time I had. Yeah. Well, how, well, what was your percentage? 82. 82. Mine was 77. So it wasn't too far off from yours. No. But... And I did use a guide for some of the stuff, and it was easier to follow it and get some of the stuff to try to figure out where I was going. You know, sure. Like I said, mostly for the Meridius stuff, because yeah. that was just... That was super confusing. I think... I didn't really use a guide while playing. I think in between gameplays, I looked up a map of the entire world just to get an idea of what areas I'm supposed to be going. So that area in particular, yeah, it was difficult, but I did have that little background knowledge of looking it up and being like, okay, I need to go this way to get there. But otherwise, most of it was done fairly blind um, all of the items that I found was all blind. Nice. I mean, aside from the help from the x-ray vision, which I did probably way too much. Yeah. But again, I, I was landing about the same time as you too. So, yeah. I mean, it, it worked out. And when I looked it up online, it's only sitting at about a seven hour, you know, gameplay. So it's pretty average. Oh yeah. And it's just something you could knock out quick. If you get the feel like played again, it's like, oh, I can play this and just be right. in and be out. You know, maybe have to try to remember where everything is because it's a little rough. But no, I mean, that's pretty good though for you know mostly blind doing that like first time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. Well, and this wasn't the first time that I played through. I mean, it's the first time that I beat it, but I've played through this game several times in the past, and usually I get I don't know maybe halfway through before I just drop it yeah so it was really nice to finally get all the way through this game and beat it for the first time that was rewarding for someone again who i keep dropping it halfway through i never really beat it all these years and i've never really beat it so it was very rewarding for me would it be a game that you would go back and play again um probably Probably not anytime soon, but I think I would be more interested in playing the other installments of the game. So, like, moving on to, like, the Prime series? Prime, or, or even backtracking to some of the first stuff. I have I have it all. I own it all, so I may as well play it. But I think if I were to... My next Metroid game would probably be Metroid Prime. I played Metroid Prime, again, maybe about halfway through. So, I, I, that's another one of those that I just, I want to play it to beat it. Same with me. I've picked that game up a couple times and just haven't finished it. Right. Yeah. So, what did you give it overall? 10 out of 10? Uh, yep. Yep. That's my overall score. I, I gave it a 9, but I think I want to bump that up. Yeah, I, I, wrong I, with that. I debated, like, whether or not 9 out of 9 or 10 out of 10, but it's just, it's just so good. I mean, I could go back in a couple weeks and want to just start over and play it again and slowly work through it. Like, it's just something I could find if I'm not sure what game I want to play. I'd be like, well, I'll just go play a little bit of Metroid. Yep. And I could just sit there and play it. So yep. I think I'll bump mine up to a 10. All right. So overall, I've got a 45 out of 50. That's what I got, too. So that gives us a 90. 90 out of 100. So, yeah, that is an A. For the first time in Zap Night history, actually, it's very close to a. It's it's an A minus, but it's Wait, very this close. Wait, this is this is the very first A. The very first time that we've hit an A. Yeah. Wow. Historic. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Thank you, Brandon, so much for being on this episode. Um, I would be interested if you're if you're up for playing some more Metroid sometime soon. I'd love to play some uh, Metroid Prime. 
It'll be a lot of fun. I know it's not really Kaylee's thing, so I need somebody to play with me. It'd be funny to watch her play it, though. <laughs> That's probably true. Mainly because we have the Wii version, so it'd be all motion controls for her. Yeah, yeah. Uh, actually, the Wii one, Metroid Prime 3 isn't too bad. Metroid Prime 1 is on the GameCube, so... I got the Wii version. They have a Wii version? They made a trilogy collection with Metroid 1, 2, oh, and 3. Oh, I didn't know that. And it was like $80 for a disc version, but it was one of the first games they released for the eShop for uh, Wii games. Gotcha. Like, and like it was like 10 bucks on the eShop. Oh, we nice. picked it up, so we got all three on the Wii with motion controls. Wonderful. Well, you have it, so there's no excuse. <laughs> no excuse no excuse well uh thanks everybody for listening to this episode um next episode is going to be final fantasy 2 as long as it doesn't get any more delayed <laughs> but that should be going pretty good and we'll yeah we'll be playing that uh february 1st so check that out and uh, yeah until then we'll see you guys next time bye